This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And my wife pointed this out this past week. She said to me uh, she is able to do something that she has not been able to do in the entire time that she and I have known each other. And that's nearly 21 years. November 1999, we officially met each other. I think we met once before that, but that was the official meeting of these two great powers. And uh, in all that time, she has not been able to do this one thing. And that is, she can run her fingers through my hair now. That is one of the benefits of the COVID. I haven't been able to get a haircut because the haircut places have been shut down. I talked about it last week that the that the places are opening up again. In fact, they opened up last Monday. Uh, I did say that I was going to wait because I figured there'd be a rush on getting people uh, well there to get their haircuts. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a rush of people that are just, you know, that have gone a month and a half, two months, three months, whatever it's been, without getting a haircut, and they're just they're just desperate, and uh, and I'm close to that because my hair is just I'm 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 so conscious of my hair now. Normally I don't really think much about it because I don't really have to do much with it, but I carry a comb with me now, and my hair is doing these waving things. It's just it's just uh, I just and I can and I can feel it move when I shake my head or I can feel it touching my ears. It's just uh but my wife can run her fingers through my hair. She's never been able to do that. Uh, and as I said, the, the, the haircutting places have, have opened up uh, last Monday here in the Twin Cities, here in Minnesota. They were allowed to open up. And they're being careful, from, from what I can tell. I've been told that some places, you know, they take your temperature. If you've got a temperature, they send you home. Uh, they, 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 they get you staged properly or whatever to get in to get the haircut and all that. And I go to Great Clips. I don't know how national that place is, but I go there. And they have a, uh, uh, an app where you can check in online. You can just go and they, they'll, they'll show you what kind of check-in times or how, what kind of wait times there are for a haircut. And if I sneak out of work, it's only about, you know, it's a less than 10-minute drive from the office to, to get to the nearest Great Clips, which happens to be one of the busier ones. Go figure. And, uh, uh, you know, so I'll check in. I can do it online or I can do it on the app. And uh, I'll see that it's, oh, there's, it's 20 minutes, 20 minute wait time. Okay, fine. And I'll just put it in there and then I get ready to go and I can get there with a couple few minutes to spare. And I usually not necessarily get right in, but I don't have to wait very long because my name's right there on the list. And usually right at the top of the list or second, uh, depending. And, you know, and you, there's not much of a wait. You wait at your office and then say, oh, better get going for my haircut. Well, uh, Thursday, you know, they opened up Monday. Thursday, I went to the app just out of curiosity to see what the wait times were. And the one that I go to, uh, its wait time was 158 minutes. That's two hours and 38 minutes. That is a typical Marvel superhero movie. 
you know, I could theoretically sign up, uh, you know, check in online, watch a, a Marvel movie at the office, and then as soon as it's done, head on over and be there in time to 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 get the haircut. Now I'm not sure how well the check-in times are reflecting reality uh but because you might get there you might still have to wait i don't know but uh it's it's that's that's astounding so i'm gonna wait i'm still waiting i'm gonna wait till those wait times get down to under 30 minutes <laughs> i think I'd, I'd rather do that so um yeah but uh yeah my wife can run her fingers through my hair i've been seeing a lot of people wearing masks lately we are in a pandemic and people are wearing masks and uh, cloth masks uh, or, or those you know surgical masks uh, you should if you if you're um, you know a regular civilian type person you shouldn't be wearing the n95 masks that's save those for for doctors and nurses and people that are dealing with sick people save that for them uh, but uh, for you know regular civilians uh, a mask is something that's being recommended now. Uh, there was a time when the CDC was saying, well, the masks aren't, you know, they're not really going to do much for you. But they, with more evidence, with more time comes more evidence, and they realized, hey, you know what? Masks, although they're not super protective, but it can mitigate. It can be a mitigating factor in spreading the infection, especially when you're in situations where you cannot be physically distant from other people when you can't have that six feet of, diff, of distance between people so i i wear a mask when i go grocery shopping i wear it when i go to the drugstore if i go to any store i put on the mask at first i gotta admit i was felt felt a little self-conscious about it but you know now i just put it on and i don't worry about it it's just uh, it's an unusual thing it's a new thing in our culture uh, there are other cultures around the world where mask wearing is something that's much more common and here in American culture, it's something new, and it's something we've got going on, and it's, you know, fine. And I see so many people not wearing them properly. You know, for the mask to be worn properly, it has to cover your mouth and your nose. I see so many noses hanging out from their masks. I see so many, sometimes I see masks that are just under the person's chin. What the hell? Or hanging from an ear. What, what what are you doing? Uh, in the grocery store, and they're walking around, and they got it hanging from their ear. Or I see somebody, they got the mask, they got it over their nose, but they constantly pull it away from their face. You just put the mask on and leave it. You know, and I did something. I've got one of these, um, uh, I actually got a few of them, half a dozen of them. Uh, they're these uh, sport straps that you can put onto your glasses that'll hold them onto your head. Because I realized when I'm wearing my mask, uh, and wearing my glasses, my glasses feel like, you know, and sometimes I've come real close to falling off because they don't quite fit right. So I got these sports straps, I put those on, I put the glass, I put the, you know, put glasses on my head, and they stay nice and secure when I'm wearing my mask. Works really well. So, and I can even set it up where my glasses will, will help hold down the mask uh, over my nose. And that helps cut down the fogging lenses and, and, and keeps the breath in the mask a little bit better. All right. So, but I wanted to, I've got a couple of clips I want to play, audio clips I want to play, that are related to this mask thing. Now, first clip is going to be, uh, this is uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, he's uh, he's probably the one competent person in the entire uh, um, uh, Trump administration. And, of course, he's the one that's probably, his job is the most tenuous <laughs> because he's competent. And, uh, anyway, so um, he's he, here. This is, the, this is uh, from uh, May 12th, and this was an interview uh, he did uh, on PBS NewsHour. And he was asked about masks and the public wearing masks, uh, you know, PPEs, you know, personal protection equipment, that kind of thing. Um, he was asked about that, and uh, here is his response. Uh, I'm going to play this for you. Just uh, listen to whatever you're listening on, and hopefully this isn't too loud or quiet. We'll figure it out. Well, you know, the best PPE for the general public, if possible, right now, is to maintain the physical and social distancing. But as we've said, and I think all of us would agree, there are certain circumstances 
in which it is beyond your control when you need to do necessary things like go to the drugstore and get your medication, go to the grocery store and get your food, that in fact you need some supplementation to just physical distancing. And that's the reason why some time ago the recommendation was made, I believe it was Dr. Redfield at the CDC who first said that, about getting some sort of a covering. We, we don't want to call it a mask because back then we were concerned we'd be taking masks away from the healthcare providers. But some sort of mask-like facial covering, I think for the time being, should be a very regular part of how we prevent the spread of infection. And in fact, the more and more as you go outside, right here and where I'm sitting in Washington, D.C., you can see many people out there with masks on, which gives me some degree of comfort that people are taking this very seriously. See? And he addresses in there that at first, part of the reason why they were saying uh, not to be wearing masks is that they wanted to make sure that the healthcare providers had masks. That was part of the reason why. But And then again, as science moves along, it gets more evidence and more information and, and it refines what it knows and it learns new things and it realizes, hey, this is probably a good thing to be doing because the evidence is pointing in that direction. So wear your mask and wear it properly. Now, here's the thing. The most bothersome of the improperly worn masks moments that I've seen lately is when I go to the pharmacy at my Walgreens and there's a pharmacist back there who wears his mask with his nose hanging out. Now this is a guy who's part, who's a healthcare provider in a sense. Not in a, I mean he gets you your drugs, right? And he gets you the medications you need. And this guy is he's got his nose hanging out. And I want to I want to say to him, you know, it's like it's that's like saying to I I'd like to say to him, "Dude, <laughs> you're wearing your mask with your nose hanging out it's like it's as if you had a uh, you know a, a bladder control problem and you're wearing an adult diaper but you're letting your dick hang out it's not helping you breathe through your nose the other clip I wanted to play and this is from uh, the very funny very smart Dana Gould He's been doing little video clips he calls uh, Pandemic Minute. And uh, they're all somewhat humorous, and he's making an observation, observations about people. And uh, hopefully I can get this clip on, uh, uh, on the show notes page. Would you go to dimland.com, click on the show notes, you'll get to the show notes. Uh, hopefully I can get the video on there, or at least a, a link to it. Because this is something through Facebook, and I'll, I'll see. Okay, we'll see what I can do. Anyway, so he, he decided to do a commentary about uh, people that are upset about having to wear a mask when they, when they go into a store. They're so mad about it. I talked about this recently, about uh, some fellow being so upset that Menards was, was uh, requiring that he wear a mask. They'd sell him one for a buck, but you know he's taking away his rights. You know, my rights, and I talked about, you know, driving through red lights and stuff like that because, well, you know, he should have the right to drive unfe unfettered, travel wherever he wants. That's his right. See, you know, it's just like, so I, I mentioned that, I think I mentioned that a couple, some weeks ago. <clears throat> and Dana Gould, we're not close friends, I'll just call him Dana Gould because I, you know, Although he and I could be, because like we like the same things. It's it's very it's very listening to him talk on his podcast. I just it's, my goodness, it's 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 almost like we're twins. Not almost, not everything, but close. Anyway, so he uses a scene from Star Wars as a, the uh, a, 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 as a way to explain to people who think that this is a trampling of their rights at requiring them to wear masks to go into a store. Uh, he, so the first voice you'll hear, it's the scene where, you, in the first Star Wars movie, A, a New Hope, it's uh, Darth Vader is uh, interrogating the rebel by holding him up off the ground by his neck. And he ends up breaking his neck and killing the, the, uh, the rebel. And, uh, you know, tells his uh, stormtroopers to uh, bring him the passengers he wants them alive. And uh, so... <clears throat> It's great, and so just so the first voice you'll hear—it's going to be Dana Gould doing the whole thing—but the first voice is Dana doing 
Darth Vader. And so, uh, uh, have a listen to this. Why aren't you wearing a mask to stop the spread of the coronavirus? Because I have liberties and freedoms for liberty. Yes, you do have liberty. And with that, you have responsibility. It's not tyranny. It's called being an adult, an obligation to the greater good. It's why we have stop signs and red lights. It's why you can't set your house on fire or take a shit on the sidewalk. To hear you tell it every time you flush a toilet, you're living in a police state. Yeah, but the government... That shit again. The government. Here's what the government wants from you. Pay your taxes and go shopping. Get some butter. Buy your mom a necklace. Outside of that, the government's interest in you could be shoved between the lips of your pee hole and you still wouldn't feel it. Fucking hillbilly. There, I said it. <laughs> I think that's great. So you can you can picture it where, you know, it's just everything works and it works really well. It really does work well that uh, you know with the visuals and what uh, Dana is saying in it. Except well there's one thing Time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, as I said, the it's the scene where Darth Vader is interrogating the rebel, and he wants to know where the rebel the the plans that were sent, and and he says, you know, the rebel says we've received no transmissions. Okay, so so in this exchange that Dana imagines. It's it the rebel. He doesn't have a mask on. Everybody else in the scene, Darth Vader and the stormtroopers, they're all wearing masks. That's why it works so perfectly. This guy's not wearing a mask. Everybody else is. But when it gets to the part where Darth Vader starts to tell us what the government wants from us, it switches to the scene where he's walking through the corridors of the rebel ship that they've taken over and he's being spoken to by one of his subordinates, one of Darth Vader's subordinates, telling him whatever he's telling about the about the princess and all this stuff from the, from the film. So what we have is we see that shot with Darth Vader walking along with this guy, and you see that Darth Vader turns to the guy, and this is where Dana is saying the stuff, this is what the government wants from you. He wants you to go pay your taxes and go shopping and such and such. The thing is, in that sequence, the subordinate isn't wearing a mask. Now, far be it for me to tell Dana Gould how to do comedy because he's certainly a hell of a lot funnier than I am. I mean, way funnier than I am. But uh, it, it just seems to me that the, the entire bit could have been contained within that other scene without using that one where they're walking through the corridor. He could have just said it where he, cra- he breaks the neck of the rebel soldier... Uh, um, just before he, you know, just before he tells him what the government wants, you know, it's, it's like, or just after that, he says, "This is what the government wants you," and then he could do that uh, 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 snap and crack, and then he'd say the, you know, hillbilly thing. So it's just, it's, it, but, but, but that aside, it's brilliant. I think it's, I think it's just brilliant. And what else I think is brilliant is being able to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll be back after this break. To Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Hey. 
He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I was suppressing a burp just as that, well, no, I was expressing a burp just as that uh, bumper was about halfway through. So I was timed pretty well, timed pretty well. I gulped a few slugs of beer while I was in that break. Yeah, I can't, I I try not to to take sips from it while I'm talking because... That would interfere with the talking, wouldn't it? All right. So I've been seeing this going around the internets. A little meme, just text, saying that uh, you know it's it's about uh, you know just say no to mail-in voting. That's one of those kinds of things. Please make this go viral. A couple of my high school friends had shared it, and I crafted a response to it. Um. Uh, and I and then I posted on Facebook uh, the following uh, little bit here that I'm going to read to you right now. There was another little burp that came through. Did you did you catch it? It's just a little one. <laughs> I try not to do these things. I'm, you know, I'm not getting paid for this, so I can't say I'm professional. So what are you going to do? Okay. Um, it's been said that if people are able to wait in line at stores to buy stuff. They should be able to wait in line to vote. Those who share this sentiment are against voting by mail. Well, I often shop online and get my goods through the mail to avoid waiting in lines. Why shouldn't I be able to... uh, I'm sorry. I wish I could read better. Sorry. Why shouldn't I be able to vote through the mail or even on the Internet to avoid lines? Why would voting through the mail be a problem? Why does voting have to be some kind of hardship? Should we also not require businesses to allow their employees time off to go vote? That would make voting more difficult for people with day jobs. And it seems the goal here is to make voting more difficult rather than easier. Haven't we always lamented about the poor voter turnout that America has? Wouldn't voting by mail get more people to vote? Isn't that what we want? Or is it that those who oppose voting by mail don't want more people to vote? Why would that be? I don't want to spend too much time on it, but why would it be? I've had some people comment on that saying, you know, the military, active military, have been voting through the mail since the Civil War. Seems to work for them. Doesn't seem to be a problem there. Haven't heard a lot about a uh, voter fraud when it comes to the military vote. Why, why does it have to be a hardship to vote? And I had another friend, Facebook friend, bring up the fact that this is a false equivalency. That, you know, comparing voting to shopping. They said it would be a, a more equivalent if shopping, if these stores, these retail stores, were only open maybe two days a year and on work days. Then it would be equivalent. I got to go to the store 
because it's open today. It's only open twice a year. If you have a reason why voting by mail or voting using the internet is wrong, it's a bad thing, email me. Let me know. Send your email to drdim at dimland.com. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. I want to know why it's such a bad thing to vote on online or to vote by mail. Why is that such a bad thing? I, I seem to even recall the, the uh, lamenting that more people voted for American Idol, some character, uh, you know, some, some uh, contestant on American Idol, than for the president. Well, what's going on? Why why would you lament that? And and one more question. Why is it that it seems the only people that are upset with the idea of voting by mail vote Republican? Hmm. Maybe there's something there. What do I have next on my show? Uh, I listen to this podcast called uh, Small Town Dicks. And it's a porn podcast. And, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a true crime podcast. And it's hosted by Yardley Smith. In the earlier years of the podcast, there was another woman that hosted it along with Yardley Smith. I forget her name. Sorry, didn't write it down. Yardley Smith is the, uh, is the actor who plays the voice of Lisa on The Simpsons. Lisa Simpson. And they, they do this true crime podcast where they have uh, uh, two regular co-hosts that are uh, twin brothers that are cops. Uh, de- they were detectives. Uh, I think one's retired, one works something else now, but, but it's still a cop. And then they'll have another detective come in, and they talk about a case that, t- that takes place in a small town somewhere in America and uh, how the law enforcement dealt with it, how they solved the crime, how they... You know, got the confession, and how they, you know, whatever, convicted the bad guy, or released the good, you know, the bad guy, or the person that was wrongly convicted, or things like that. They tell these stories, and uh, on one of the uh, earlier episodes from a couple few couple of years ago, they had uh, they had some firefighters in with them, with the with the police, uh, to be to talk about this particular incident, and the incident was. Um, Uh, was firefighters were called out to a to a house that was on fire, and when they got there, although they did not realize it at first, they were being shot at. Now, by the time th- they did eventually notice, realize they were being shot at. In fact, a couple of the uh, firefighters had been hit, sort of. Not, you know, they they felt like something hit them. They thought that something was. Uh, uh, expelled from the burning house. You know, sometimes things get popped out of the house. You know, there might be firearms within the house. There might be something that just just blows out, and and just knocked out a window of the of the uh, uh, the fire engine, and you know hits the guy, uh, hits one of them, and I think another guy got hit. And uh, but they didn't realize they had been shot right away. Eventually they did, and then they realized that that there's a guy shooting at them. They call in the police. The police come in. Ultimately, what ends up happening is the, the fellow that's doing the shooting turns the gun on himself and kills himself. All right, so they tell this story about how this all went down. And um, you know, n- nobody was seriously hurt. Nobody was killed, uh, it's, except for the guy that was doing the shooting when he, when he, when he shot himself. And... One of the firefighters that's talking about this said, um, words to the effect, or almost to this exact uh, wording, uh, I don't know if you believe in God or not, but someone was looking out for us that day. And I think he said it a couple of times. Now, I will say, I find the, the preamble of the troublesome moment of that statement, uh, I, that I don't know if you believe in God or not, I find that a little encouraging. Uh, that the fact that the guy is implicitly acknowledging that there are people that don't believe in God. 
it, it's it's an it's an interesting uh, moment for me, and I, I think in, somewhat encouraging that that he's at least considering that there are people that don't believe in God. And 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 I don't know how common that thought would be, you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. In, in a, I, I, and 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 then he goes on to say someone was looking out for us. And Bill O'Reilly had said that about the plane that had to be landed on the the Hudson, and nobody was hurt. And Bill O'Reilly says, you know, someone was looking out for those folks, but he didn't do the preamble. I don't know if you guys believe in God or not, but somebody was looking out for those folks. He didn't have the preamble for that. He just went ahead and said somebody was looking out for those folks. And I'm going to go along those same lines that I went years ago when I talked about Bill O'Reilly saying that same thing. Except <clears throat> this is going to be. I'm going to be playing the part of God. Now, the indication is that the guy is saying God was looking out for them. Because he says, I don't know if you believe in God or not, but somebody was looking out for us or someone was looking out for us. That somebody or someone was God. That's he's implying that was God. And, it, and it, ever since I realized I was an atheist, this drives me, uh, well, it messes my COVID hair. <laughs> These days, it just messes my COVID hair, and uh, which just doesn't take much. But it, it, I I hear this, and I just I just slap myself in the head and say, you know, why, why, why do these people who believe in God do this? If he was looking out for you, he was doing a pretty poor ass job of it because you got shot. Sure, you didn't get killed, but you got shot. If he was looking out for you, why did he just not... Well, here's the thing. Let's let's say I'm God. Okay? I'm just... Let's say I'm God in this little scenario I'm going to play out for you. Okay? All right. And and I, I you know, I know everything. You know, I'm not omnipotent. I'm omnipotent. Uh, omnipotent, I just said that. I'm all-knowing. Omniscient. That's the other word I was looking for. I, I'm all-powerful and I'm all-knowing. I know this guy from the moment he's born. I know the pathway his life is going to take. I know how he's going to end. I know everything. I know what he's going to do. I know what's in his mind. I know what's in his heart. I know everything. I'm God. So what do I do? I'm sitting up there on my throne. I'm looking down. I'm watching this guy. And I say, oh, yeah, here's the part where the guy starts to have something go wrong in his brain. Something's something's not right. He's he's you know he's he's outwardly he seems like he's functioning fine with his neighbors and and with the uh, with the police and all that. It's a small town. They know the guy. It's, he seems like he's fine, but something something is just amiss in his brain. Something. And me being God, I could fix that. I, you know, I could fix that. I could fix that brain problem this guy's having. I could fix that ways of thinking and and put him on the path of of being uh, not going to shoot firefighters. I could I could do that, but nah. Let's just let this play out. Let's see where it goes. Now I know where it's going to go because I'm God. Remember? So okay, all right. So then the guy he starts to think to himself, you know what I need? I need firearms. I need a lot of them. I need a variety of them. And of course, I need the ammunition for them. So he starts getting them. He starts collecting them up and he starts, uh, he has a cache of all kinds of, of, of firearms, ranging from shotguns and rifles to handguns and, and, and AR, you know, semi automatic stuff. He's, got, he's just got stuff. He's got stuff. He's getting it ready. Still, outwardly to everybody else, he seems like he's a fine fellow, well met, no problems. And yet, he's got this going on. Now, I'm God. I'm sitting there watching this. I say, you know, I, I could I could turn off that little switch in his brain that makes him want to have all these firearms. I could do that. But nah, let's just let this go. Let's just let's just keep it going. So then the guy, for whatever reason, decides what he needs to do. I need to shoot me some firefighters. I don't know if some firefighter did something wrong to him or whatever, but that's, he thinks that's what he needs to do. So he starts to plan on how to get firefighters out to his house so he can shoot them. 
And again, I'm God. I'm sitting there. I could stop him. I could make that brain. I could fix that brain of his and make it not want to do that. But nope. I figure I'm just going to let this go. Then he's got the plan. I'm going to set my own house on fire. When the fire department comes out here to take care of it, I can start laying into them. So he gets the accelerant and he opens up the gas power, you know, the gas lines in the house, and and he starts doing whatever he does. He gets the match and he gets ready to light that fire. And I'm God, and I'm looking down and saying, you know, I could stop him from lighting that match, but you know what I'm going to do? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let this go. So he lights the house on fire, and then he goes out to where he's put all his weapons together, and he's got himself ready, and he's getting there. It's the vantage point. He knows the fire department's going to come up that road, and he's just waiting for him. And again, as God, I could stop him, but I figured, no, no, let's just keep this going. This is kind of fun. I got my popcorn with me. I'm watching this. This is great. And so then the fire department shows up, and this guy starts taking shots. And that's when I decide to act. I decide to act at that point. I'm God. I say, you know what I'm going to do? Am I going to stop him from shooting? No. I'm going to make him grab the shotgun that's got the bird pellet or something, whatever that is in there. And I'm going to make sure that he's far enough away from these firefighters that even though he will hit them with the shot, it's not going to, it's not going to kill him. And it's not going to cause any serious damage because he's too far away, and it goes through uh, the the glass of the of the of the of the door of, uh, or the uh, the windshield or whatever. It goes through that, and it slows the momentum of the pellets or the, the shot, and it's so that it doesn't really, really cause any damage, serious damage to these firefighters. That's what I'm going to do. So nobody gets killed, except for the guy. I'm going to let him blow his own brains out. And that, that's nobody's killed. No harm done to any of the firefighters. Oh, well, the neighbors, a couple of their houses caught on fire and got destroyed. But, you know, whatever. And now I'm going to sit back and wait for the credit. Because the firefighter is going to say, someone up there was looking out for us. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Are you looking for a science-based medical podcast to answer all your questions about health? Check out the body of evidence. Whether you're curious about the potential benefits of omega-3s or the potential risks of vaping, we take a look at the body of evidence to separate the noise, the hype, the lies from actual scientific rigor. We do it with comedy skits. The only logical thing to do is for me to take off all my clothes and run into the street. No, remember the first rule of podcasting. Always keep your pants on. With jingles. Some are thrilled, some are not. You'll lose that hair if you stop propitious. And by, you know, discussing what the evidence has to say on the topic at hand. Or unless that is a pill. But yeah, it has, it has the side effects of bloating, gas, and greasy stool, which makes it very unpleasant. The Body of Evidence. Find it at bodyofevidence.ca or on your favorite podcast app. The Body of Evidence. Medicine that tastes funny and science made easy. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I saw this headline shared on, uh, face- on Facebook 
uh, to a, an ABC News link. And the headline to the links uh, is, uh, it says, uh, Coronavirus Updates, U.S. Reports Over 21,000 New Cases Amid Mass Protests. And the image that's uh, uh, connected to it is an uh, image of the, you know, the protests that have taken place uh, over the last several days uh, around America. Uh, some of them, you know, turning in, some rioting has been happening, some looting has been happening, but also some protests, you know, peaceful protests. And, and as much as people don't like to hear this, the looting and the rioting, that, you know, as much as we don't like it, it is a form of protest. Uh, sure, there are a few uh, among them that are opportunists, but it's still a form of protest. Like it or not, it's still a form of protest. It's illegal. It's 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 bad. It's it may be counterproductive. It it goes after the wrong people. It harms the wrong people. But sometimes maybe that's the message. All right, can we be hurt? Do you hear us, guy? Do we hear us now? Is what they're saying. Do you? It's, is is this what it takes for you to hear us? Kaepernick peacefully taking a knee, that's not the right way to protest. You know, okay, well, you know. Anyway. Uh, there's there's something about that headline that, that I didn't like. And I, I think it's misleading. I think most people are going to read that headline. And I think most people that were sharing that, that, uh, uh, that link... On, this, on social media were sharing it because they were making an association, the headline is making an association between the, the, the protests and the 21,000 new cases of, of COVID-19. They were, the, the, the headline makes the association by putting them both in the same headline. And even though it doesn't say that the mass protests led to the 21,000 new cases of COVID. It doesn't say it. This, I think, is what people are taking away from it. This is what they're seeing in there. And as if you read the piece, and it, it's in the headline itself. It says, amid the, the, uh, the mass protests, the 21,000 new cases amid the mass protests. And what, they're, what it means is, if you read the piece, is that while the mass protests are coming, are happening, were happening, and it will continue to happen because there's a big one coming up this weekend in Washington, D.C., I believe. So the while these protests are happening, uh, the, the, these new numbers are coming out of the cases of, of this, this, this pandemic, this virus that's going around. Uh, the, new the numbers are coming out. It's not because of the protests. Now, we will see in a couple, three weeks' time, we will see spikes in that, even though people, you know, were some were wearing wearing masks, and again with their noses hanging out or whatever. But they're getting close to each other. It's going to get spread around. You're going to see spikes. It's going, you know, they're not socially distancing, and you know, it's going to happen. But it, it, I, I don't like headlines like this. And I've seen other ones where it, it what they're, what's happening in that headline because of that headline, it's putting into people's minds that these protests led to the 21,000 new cases, and they haven't. The 21,000 new cases, you know, it, it takes time for those cases to, to develop, and they, they were started before the mass protests, before George Floyd was, was murdered. But, you know, they were started from before then. So I don't, I don't like those kinds of headlines, but, you know, they're written that way in order to get shares. And, I, and call me cynical, but that's, that's what I think is going on. Um, I will say there was one little um, moment. Uh, uh, it's been a it's been a trying time for the United States, uh, it, to, to put it mildly. And my wife and I have been seeing what's been going on in the in the in the, um, the protests that have been taking place. And this past Sunday, uh, the peaceful protesters had gathered, and they were going to. Uh, there was a part of I-35 had been closed down. I-35W had been closed down, and they were going to go out and march on, and they did. They gathered on I-35 on that bridge, the new bridge, uh, the one that, that was built to replace the bridge that collapsed a few years ago. You remember that? Well, there were thousands of people on that bridge, and a trucker 
you know, the roads were closed off, and a trucker, didn't, you know, he was on 35 before uh, before the stuff had been closed off. He didn't realize it was closed. And I'm willing to cut the guy a little bit of slack. You might get on me for that, but I'm willing to cut him a little slack that he didn't, well, he wasn't intending to kill anybody. He wasn't intending to hit anybody with his truck. If you watch how it takes place, yes, he comes in hot. He comes in pretty fast. And initially I was thinking, boy, he should have been, he could have slowed down before then. But then I had to think of the geography of that bridge, the construction of that bridge. There's a curve that comes around and it goes up. Anyways, he comes through downtown Minneapolis, that's coming through downtown Minneapolis and heading, or coming I mean, by downtown Minneapolis and heading north out of Minneapolis. There's a curve and it goes up. So he couldn't see the crowds until he was virtually on top of them. And then when you watch the video, from, especially from that above shot, when you're watching it from there, you can, you can see how well he maneuvered his truck to not hit anybody. He blared his horn as he was coming through. People spread like the, you know, they, they, they parted like the Red Sea, and he went through the middle. He could have gone along the median and just taken people out if he wanted to. He didn't. He, I, I, like, I, I believe he did not mean to hit anybody because he makes sure that he doesn't hit anybody. He stopped that truck. He turned away from a woman who had fallen down. Uh, the law enforcement and uh, d district attorney believed that he did not intend to hit anybody he was on the road didn't realize it was closed down didn't see the crowd until he was on top of it so they let him they released him with no charges he got pretty roughed up by the crowd which is understandable uh and he said i'm not charging anybody who you know who roughed me up this is he, he yeah he understood their point of view too so okay i'm willing to cut him some slack there but you have to take a look at how that looks um so after that incident and the crowds were, hi kitty, the crowds were, uh, yeah, my cat just came by. Um, the, the crowds were going to go back onto 35W. There was a local reporter near the, the on-ramps where the crowds were starting to move down. And he was trying to get, you know, some, just some statements from some of the protesters that were moving, that were coming by. And one young woman comes by and he says, you know, you know, he puts the microphone out to her and she just, she's holding a little sign that says no, no justice, no peace. And she says, arrest the other three, no justice, no peace. She says it a couple of times and then she moves along and joins the crowd. And, and okay, that's good, fine, good. And then along comes another young woman who, who just walks past the reporter and heads along to a crowd of people that's just a further bit down along from him. She's got two bottles of hand sanitizer, one in each hand. And she says, COVID is still a thing, y'all. And she starts giving out squirts of sanitizer into their hands. And it was lovely. It was wonderful. It's just still caring about it because COVID is still a thing. It's still going around and happening. And these people who have gotten close together in these protests they are risking their, there's there's been a call out to, to say to these people if you've been involved in these protests see if you can self-quarantine for a couple of weeks that you know might be helpful uh, looking at the time to see how much time I've got but I thought that was a we thought that was a lovely and humorous moment we got a laugh out of it but it was it was a caring moment as well uh, there's been a lot of caring moments throughout this whole thing just say no justice no peace arrest all three which has happened the the other three officers have been arrested the one that was doing the kneeling on the neck he's been arrested uh, the charges have been increased on him to I think second degree murder and it's just you know it's it's it, yeah well we'll see how it, everything works out um, some time ago, I talked about uh, uh, Ken Burns' documentary series, Baseball. Now, I've talked about it more than just once. <laughs> and I've and I, I got to tell you, I really miss baseball right now. I really do. And I've been watching on YouTube full games old games from a couple years ago and and I watched one game I believe it's from from 1952 the 1952 World Series uh, game seven and it was between the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers and the hated Yankees uh, I watched I watched that uh, and it was it was interesting the way it was covered for TV didn't have as many camera angles black and white of course and they uh, it, so they did some it was intriguing just to watch how it was done and um, 
it reminded me of something. One of the things that uh, a problem I had with Ken Burns' documentary, uh, the, the first nine innings series that came out in 93, I believe it was, um, was one of the people included in the, in the, the, the talking heads groups, you know, people, you know, the, the ones that were you know, giving their views on baseball. One of the people included was Mario Cuomo. Uh, I believe he was governor of New York. The governor of New York, was he not? Uh, his son, uh, Andrew Cuomo, is now governor of New York. And uh, um, Mario, uh, he had a chance to play professional ball. He gave it a shot. Couldn't quite, he couldn't hit a curveball, I guess he said. So he, he got out of baseball and he went into politics and the rest is what had happened. But the thing that bothered me was, every time Mario Cuomo shows up, in the documentary, he just there's just something about him that just sucks the air out of the room. Just, ugh, he seems so dour. Everybody else talking about baseball has a certain joy inside them as they talk about baseball. I mean, they're not you know raving and jumping up and down and crazy or anything like that, but they're they have a certain base of joy in in what they talk about. And Cuomo might have that too. It's just his, the way he looks and the way he presents things and the way he says stuff is just so... Ugh. And one of the things he said, and this is the thing that I, I'm revisiting here, because, well, you'll find out. He says, uh, at first he says that, that America doesn't do community well. In times of crisis, we do okay. But in, as usual, in the usual normal sense, we don't do it very well. And I'm not, I don't know if I agree with him. I don't know if I disagree with him. But he talks about baseball and how baseball does community well. It's about the team and things like that. So he, then, he, then he goes on to say, I love the bunt. I love the bunt. I love the sacrifice. And I went, yeah, you would. How Democrat of you. <laughs> I know. He says, of course you love the bunt. You know? he says, Nobody goes to the game hoping to see the bunt. You know, where, where a player gets on first base and the next person gets up, sometimes it's a pitcher and sometimes they're not a great hitter, but if they bunt the ball, there's less than two outs. They can, you know, two outs or, uh, you know, less than two outs. They bunt the ball <laughs> and move the runner to, into scoring position. That's, that's what they do, and that's a sacrifice. It doesn't count against the hitter as a, as a plate appearance. It doesn't count against their average. And so, or, you know, it does, it, yeah, so... Uh, or is an at-bat. It doesn't count as an at-bat. It counts as a plate appearance, but not, I don't know how the statistics work. But anyway, just to move a runner along. Oh, yeah. I, oh, gosh, gee whiz. Yeah, we're at the game here today. I sure hope I see a bunt. Oh, that would be great. Uh, don't you want to see a home run? Ah, home runs. Eh. I want to see a bunt. Nobody's, nobody, nobody is doing that. But hang on. I did. I did say there is the squeeze play, which is when you got a runner on third, you got less than two outs, and that runner on third is fast, and the guy on, on, at that's hitting may not be the best hitter, but can lay down a bunt, and you know, the, and and do it in such a way where really the only play is that to first, and that that runner on third can get it come in and score on a bunt. They call it a squeeze play. There's a suicide squeeze and a safety squeeze. The safety squeeze is when the runner on third waits to make sure that the hitter is successful at the bunt before he starts running for home. The suicide squeeze is, squeezes the, the, the runner starts running before, as the, with the pitch before the, play, the hitter is able to make contact with the ball. So he damn well better bunt that ball because there's this guy running in to hit to, to get to home plate and he might be dead meat if he doesn't if that bunt doesn't take place. So that can be exciting. But I didn't think of this. Bunting for a single. Bunting for a hit. That does still happen in the game today. But the reason but I mentioned that old game between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the hated Yankees. That was when uh, Jackie Robinson was playing for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Now, he was the player that broke the color barrier in baseball. In Major League Baseball, they didn't allow black folks to play, play the game in the majors. They didn't allow it until 
Boston Red Sox, Branch Ricci, the, the Branch Ricky, Branch Ricky, the owner of the Boston Red Sox decided, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get, I'm going to bring, you know, it was a gentleman's agreement. It wasn't any kind of rule, but he said, I'm going to do it. And so he brought in Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was quite a player. And uh, watching that game, you got to see some of the stuff that he would do. You know, when you get on third base and he just mess with the pitcher. He'd make him think he's going to run, and he just, he just would mess with the pitcher. So he got up to hit one uh, in there, and he lays down the most beautiful bunt I've ever seen. It's just so graceful, so easy, just boom. He just drops it, boom, runs for a single. He gets a hit. And the, the next batter is Roy Campanella. Roy Campanella was, you know, uh, uh, Jackie Robinson was the first African-American male um, uh, to play professional baseball. Uh, um, and, you know, once you know, he broke the color barrier, and then Ray Campanella was one of the next wave of African American players to enter, uh, to to enter the major leagues, and so he's the next batter. He too drops a bunt for a single, back to back bunt singles. I I I'd never seen that before. I, that was pretty cool. So. I guess, <laughs> I guess I can love uh, the bunt or like it a little bit more than than I initially thought. So that was cool, bunting for a single. One other cool thing uh, before I leave you this week, uh, SpaceX uh, has uh, sent two astronauts up to, you know, launched, launched them up with a rocket from the United States. That hasn't happened in years and years since the shuttle program, space shuttle program was shut down. We've been sending our astronauts to the International Space Station by hitching a ride with the, uh, with the, with the Russians. And uh, this is a, you know, SpaceX has their rocket. Well, I'm not going to go into all the details, but they sent up two astronauts to uh, the International Space Station uh, although the timing was, it looked like these two guys were getting out of Dodge because <laughs> a lot of a lot of shit was going down <laughs> in America at that point. Uh, but they, and that's probably why I didn't mention it until now. Uh, but they headed up to the International Space Station. That was way cool. I guess it's so far the mission successful. I don't think they're back yet. Um, and so they made it up there. But the thing is, <laughs> I thought about was that uh, the names. Uh, of the two astronauts, uh, the first names of the two astronauts are Bob and Doug, <laughs> and uh, not everybody's going to get this, but uh, I uh, I sure hope they brought plenty of Molsons and wore their toques, eh? Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's the end of another Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Uh, this is your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, please be patient, wash your hands, stay home, stay safe, and sleep with the lights off. Go and hail Satan. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Well, I'm going to hell.